Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. And here comes episode 291 of the Sports Yak podcast. You mean the Warren Moon edition? Bark at the moon, y'all. Warren Moon started his career in the Canadian Football League and then came to the Houston Oilers when it was still the Houston Oilers. Eventually wound up in Minnesota, had some very solid years with all those teams, never got to a Super Bowl. Really? I thought for in my mind, I figured he'd been to one. No. Um, outstanding quarterback. Probably the second highly rated black quarterback of his time. Doug Williams, I think, out of Grambling was the first. He won a Super Bowl with the Redskins. So in that era, he'll always be number one in my mind. But Warren Moon put up numbers that Doug Williams never put up through 291 touchdown passes, and that's why we dedicate episode 291. When you him. think of him, do you think of more of an oiler or a Viking? I think of him more as a Viking because, let's face it, I saw him more as a Viking as a Bears fan. You would always see Warren Moon twice a year that way. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a pretty even split in his time with the two franchises. All right. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Well, let's get underway. The big name in sports probably would be Carson Wentz, for a change. And he <laughs> went to the Colts yesterday. <laughs> the Eagles that came and went. That's exactly right. Uh, this is not a bad deal for the Colts, but I, if I'm looking at this from the outside, which I am, I say it's a better deal for the Colts than it would have been for the Bears. I know there's some Bears fans out there, oh, we could have had Carson Wentz, and look what the Colts gave up for him. Okay, here's why this makes sense for the Colts. The Colts don't currently have a starting quarterback. Phillip Rivers retired. Jacoby Brissett is there. They clearly do not have the confidence in Jacoby Brissett to be the number one guy. Jacoby Brissett is a great backup. I don't think he's made to be the number one guy. So that said, the Colts had to get a quarterback. The Bears still have Mitch Trubisky. Now, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is coming back to Chicago not after the way the Bears handled that postseason press conference up at Hallis Hall. But that said, as we have said now numerous times on the show, because this trade deal dragged out for two weeks, <laughs> Carson Wentz is not an improvement on Mitch Trubisky. 
He is an improvement on having nothing. And here's also why it might make sense for him to go to the Colts. His relationship with not only the former coach of the Eagles, Doug Peterson, but the team and the city itself had deteriorated. I don't think there was any more confidence in Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. He had to go somewhere. The place it makes most sense to go is back to the offensive coordinator that you had when you were having success. Well, that happens to be Frank Reich, and he happens to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Plus, in Indianapolis, he's got a very solid running game around him, a terrific offensive line, and should have a lot less pressure on him because of that to carry the offense. If he went to Chicago, I'm sorry, (laughs) but the same things that plagued him in Philadelphia would likely have plagued him in Chicago. So even though the Colts had to give up not very much for him, a third-round pick this year and a second-round pick that could become a first-round pick if Carson Wentz plays enough, if the Colts make the playoffs, there's a lot of things attached to that that could vault the Colts from giving up a second-round pick to a first-round pick. But the Colts didn't have to pay pay that high a price for him. Now, what they will have to pay a high price down the line is his contract. Um, Eagles are taking a huge cap hit on him, like $33 million. The uh, Colts have to pick up his signing bonus this year. And then after that, I think he just signed a four-year $128 million deal. So you're talking about $34 million a year for the next three years for the Indianapolis franchise. You said something this morning on the morning sports, and I feel like this is the bargaining chip. Protect me, and I will get my job done. Well, that would seem to be the case. He obviously was the main cog in getting Philadelphia to the Super Bowl, then got injured in the playoffs, and that's when Nick Foles became the Super Bowl MVP and the Eagles won the Super Bowl as recently as 2017. Since then, 2018-2019, he was plagued by injuries, but over those two years, 48 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. This year, Frank Reich, gone from Philadelphia. Doug Peterson, the head coach. Jalen Hurts waiting in the wings, perhaps still suffering from some of the impact of those injuries. He led the league in sacks and interceptions. So that is why some people aren't too high on the deal, Mm -hmm. and they say, here are two 12-letter words that now start with I, Indianapolis and interceptions, because there could be a lot of them there if Carson Wentz has his 2020 form. The Colts are banking on the fact that Frank Reich can be the quarterback whisperer and get him back to his earlier form. The quarterback whisperer. Nice touch. You're welcome. Let's stay in the Windy City. What else is going on in Bears territory? Well, of course, now the question for Bears fans is, okay, Carson Wentz is off the board. Who do you go get? USA Today today had an interesting story. Uh, They presented six options for the Bears. Number one was Stan Pat with Mitch Trubisky. Again, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think there's too many hard feelings, and a toxic atmosphere there in Chicago right now for Mitch. 
I don't think there's any way the Bears are keeping him based on what they said in the postseason. But that is still technically an option. Number two would be draft a quarterback. I don't see where that helps the Bears right now because unless you're getting Trevor Lawrence, I don't see any quarterback in this draft right now that you immediately plug and play. Three, they listed as Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is damaged goods. I think he's been banged up too many times. You put him behind that offensive line, I don't think it helps. But he does not come at a high price, and that might make him lucrative to the Bears, who have never been known to spend money on anything. Number four would be to make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is out in San Francisco. Um, He would come at a much cheaper price than Carson Wentz. I think uh, he's got two years left on his contract at $50 million, so that's $25 million a year. I don't think the Niners are necessarily dissatisfied with Jimmy Garoppolo, but it was an up-and-down year for him last year, mostly down, and they might decide that they can get something for him that they would like better. So that's out there. Number five is Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson would come at a really high price. The Houston Texans are asking for three first-round draft picks for him, and I don't see... I don't think he's worth it, quite frankly. I know Bears fans have had their shorts in a knot for a long time about drafting Mitch Trubisky instead of Deshaun Watson and what Deshaun Watson, the stats he's been able to put up. Those are fine. One of the reasons that his stats are so high is because the defense in Houston has been that bad, and he has to put up those kind of numbers for them to compete but I will remind you that Deshaun Watson was the quarterback of a 4-12 football team this year. And then the sixth option that they put out there uh, after Deshaun Watson was Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott currently is an unsigned free agent by the Dallas Cowboys. We talked the other day about the Cowboys having that hype video put out and Prescott was not in it. But you can rest assured that he would still cost a pretty penny for the bears to go get and again not sure that that's the answer he hasn't exactly racked up playoff wins in dallas and he had a much better offensive line in front of him in dallas than he would enjoy in chicago if you're the main man behind the big oak doors in whatever head off where is head Hallis hall Hallis hall what do you do you're the man what's your decision right now say it If it were those six options, I would try to put together the deal for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a Chicago kid. He's uh, got some pedigree. The thing is, um, I wouldn't be surprised if New England were busy trying to make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo to bring him back because, don't forget, he played under Bill Belichick and was the heir apparent when Tom Brady was there, didn't want to wait that long, and that's when he went to the Niners. But... Of those six options I just presented to you, and I'm not saying any of them are great, but of those six options, to me, the best is Garoppolo. Okay. Let's keep our eye on that, shall we? Well, we'll have no choice. Let's segue into high school basketball. Quite a game last night. Well, great game last night over in LaGrange. Northridge and Lakeland wound up going overtime. And Sam Smith banks in about a 30-footer at the overtime buzzer 
to give Northridge its seventh straight win, 65-62 over Lakeland. It was a big night at Lakeland. Braden Bontrager became their all-time scorer. He only needed 10 to get the record, which was previously held by his brother, by the way. Only needed 10 to get the record. He had 31 points, 15 rebounds last night. I mean, he was a load for Northridge to handle, and they weren't handling him too well uh, about the middle of the third quarter or so. And then Northridge does what they do. They're trailing Corey by seven with two minutes left. Smith three, Stoltz was three, Smith a deep three, and all of a sudden Northridge is up by two. Lakeland gets a couple of free throws, tie it, send it into overtime. Lakeland has the lead in overtime. Northridge comes back, ties it up. Northridge gets a steal and a really heads-up play by Stoltzfus of Northridge. And I don't. You're going to ask me whether it was Carter or Clay, and I don't remember. I think it was Carter. Gets he's getting a steal while he's going out of bounds, and he calls timeout. Now in the college ranks, you can't do this anymore, but in the high school ranks, you can. And he calls timeout to preserve the possession and give Northridge the ball with 3.8 left. They tossed it down in the corner. Lakeland's got it well defended. They give it back to Smith 30 feet away. He banks it home, and Northridge gets the win. As good as that game was, I am really looking forward to tonight at Hathaway Shack. Let me lay the groundwork for Riley and Adams tonight as they meet for the 143rd time on the hardwood. Riley is 15-5. and five. They've won eight of their last nine, and they have a player by the name of Blake Wesley who's committed to the University of Notre Dame next year who scored 46 points on Wednesday night against Michigan City. 46. They, earlier this season, snapped Marion's 30-game home court win streak. And tonight they go to a facility where Adams has an 18-game win streak. By the way, before Marion's 30-game home court win streak started, do you know the last team to beat Marion at Marion? Tell me. It was Riley. Before Adams' 18-game home court win streak began, do you know the last team to beat Adams at home? <laughs> Lay it on me. It was Riley. So, you've got that. Then you've also got Adams has an NIC record 22-game win streak that very few people are talking about. So Adams comes into this game 19-1. and They're number six in the state. They've won 22 straight in the NIC. They have four players averaging in double figures, so it's not like you can just focus on shutting down one guy. Oh, and by the way, the Adams point guard, Quintez Columbus, he's the cousin of Blake Wesley at Riley. Oh, man, we got so many <laughs> storylines going on in this game. And I'll tell you what, folks, it's two teams that get up and down the floor. Riley averages about 70 points a game. Adams is right there around 66. It should be a lot of fun tonight at the Shack. Facebook, YouTube, Champions Network, 745 on the big Quattro Cies at 11. Make sure you're watching. Meanwhile, inside the Riley gym while this is happening, the Penn Power 8th grade team will run their practice because they've got a game on Sunday. Back to you. Well, that's that's good to know. <laughs> it's the only gym they can find. That has been a tough haul finding gyms to practice in. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Uh, rules and regulations. And <clears throat> we got a man on the inside at Riley, which is nice. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. But it's just, just tough. People don't want you coming in their gym. What what do they think is going to happen? An outbreak again? Yes. I see. Yeah. <clears throat> well, by the way, for high school basketball fans in Indiana, the draw is Sunday. And boy, this year the draw is going to mean a lot. Tell me more about this draw you speak of. Okay. So the sectional pairings come out on Sunday. They're done um, much like a lottery, ping pong balls with team names on it. And how they come out determines on who you play. Is there's, that really how they do it? Yes. Oh, wow. There's no, there's no seating, which a lot of, which a lot of people have been calling for. They want the tournament, at least the top two teams, to be seated, so that you don't have the two best teams in a sectional meeting in the first game, and then the championship game is kind of a dud because, well, all the good teams have beaten each other up already, and so you got one good team against a a bad team that came out the other side. Okay, but that does that's not the way it works. It's just a blind draw. And it's going to mean a lot in these sectionals this year. You know, you've got the Plymouth sectional in 4A that includes Adams and Riley, but it also has Mishawaka, Culver Academy. The 4A sectional over at Elkhart, extremely balanced with Northridge and Warsaw and Elkhart and Penn. And then you've got the 3A sectional um, that has St. Joe and Marion in it that we talked about last week. Uh, Don't put too much overly sell the stock in the regular season game because it's the tournament game that both these teams are gearing up for. And that'll be the case throughout the classes. The draw always means a lot. It'll be held from 7 to 9 on the IHSAA TV website. And it should be should be very interesting this year for the local teams. Will you be live tweeting? Yes, of course, because that's what I do. I drive my wife nuts by working on a night where I'm not paid to work. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. So, well, I hope the you sacrifice you make for us. The sacrifice Diane makes. <laughs> the uh, sacrifice she makes. Yes. High school girls basketball semi states are tomorrow in the state of Indiana. The 46 crew will be over in Laporte for the 3A North semi state between South Bend, Washington, and Norwell. South Bend, Washington, of course, had. Four consecutive trips to state during the aughts, 2006 to 2009. By the way, they had a player there by the name of Skylar Diggins. That might have been why they were able to pull off that feat. So Washington, looking to get back to state for the first time since 2009, takes on Norwell. Norwell is coached by a gentleman named Eric Thornton, got his start coaching with Al Rhodes down at Warsaw, then went to Plymouth to teach and was an assistant for another guy named Dave Cox, who won a state championship. And Eric Thornton has built a heck of a program in Ossian, Indiana, hello, at Norwell High School. But this will be the first time that they've been to a semi-state in a while, since 2014, I believe. And so it'll be interesting. Norwell is basically a three-point shooting team. They remind me they're a female version of Northridge boys around here. So you can't ever think that you got them out of a game because they can all of a sudden get hot shooting the threes and get right back in it. Washington loaded with athleticism. Mila Reynolds going to Maryland. Her sister Amaya is fourth in the state in assists. Rashunda Jones, an all-NIC player who had 39 points in the regional last week, 18 in the win over Kankakee Valley, 21 in the night game against Lakeland. Should be a great matchup. If you want to pay the money... 
or the IHSA website, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, and you can watch the game live at noon. If you're, well, let's say more thrifty, uh, you can watch it on TV 46 at 4 p.m. Thank you. <laughs> What's that word again? Thrifty. thrifty. Okay. Yes. I, I did some editing in my head as I produced that word. <laughs> Because I thought that would sound nicer than some other words I was going to use. Also, keep an eye on North Judson tomorrow. They play down in the Logan Sports Semi-State, so we won't be able to televise that one. But they play Tipton. North Judson has a player named Lillian Frazier who is headed to Indiana Wesleyan. She spurned many Division I offers, and you can understand why she had them, because she has over 2,200 career points, which would be fourth all-time in Michiana. 500 rebounds, or over 1,000 rebounds, and over 500 steals. Do you know how many players, girls basketball players in their careers, have had over 2,000, 1,000, and 500 at the Indiana high school level? Give it to me. Eight. She's one of eight players to ever accomplish that feat. The one thing that she hasn't been able to do is play in a state finals, North Judson can do that if Chris Neubauer's Blue Jays can get past a sturdy Tipton team on Saturday in Logansport, and most people believe they will. Let's head up to Michigan. You know, they're playing almost every night up there right now. Our buddy Phil McDonald, perhaps the busiest man in broadcasting, he could literally do a game every night, maybe two, because Southwest Michigan trying to cram a whole season of basketball into six weeks. Thanks, Governor Whitmer. But a couple of the teams are playing really well. The St. Joe Bears are off to a 5-0 and start. They won a squeaker over Brandywine the other night, 62-61. Brandywine had come into that game undefeated. So that's how St. Joe went to 4-0. and And they went to 5-0 and last night with uh, manhandling the Matawan, 57-27. So St. Joe playing very, very well. And then there's this team up there. Uh, they wear red and black. Um, is it? Lakeshore. You're saying it right. Lakeshore Lancers, the yep. pride of Stevensville, Michigan. Well, they're 3-0. and Sean Schroeder's team picked up a nice win last night over Portage Central 55-41. The crazy thing about the schedule this year in Michigan, because you're just trying to throw games anywhere you can, that's the second time they've played Portage Central in a week. Oh, boy. So <laughs> they're probably done with them this year, but you don't know for sure. And both St. Joe and Lakeshore will have games over the weekend because, well, that's the way it is this year in Michigan. Very, very busy place. I wonder if they'll get to play each other in these next couple of weekends. I would think at some point they would. That's such a huge rivalry, football and basketball. Yeah, and and then don't forget about Benton Harbor in there, too. Tigers. You, you throw Corey Stringer's team in there right now, and uh, that's a that's a pretty sweet spot in southwest Michigan for basketball and basketball talent. Also on the girls' side, kudos to Niles. The Vikings off to a 3-0 start. They hammered Barry and Springs last night, 60-20. The marquee win for Niles right now was the other night when they topped their, uh, I would say city, although Brandywine's technically not in the city. They're in Niles Township, but their rival Brandywine. And Brandywine over the years, Josh Hood has had some outstanding basketball teams up that way. So, Tonight on the Michigan schedule, I think the Niles boys take on Berrien Springs and Buchanan takes on Brandywine on the boys' side as well. Those are a couple of what I listed as marquee matchups. 
You should have seen me hustling to get chores done last night, to get dinner done. I wanted primetime seating for Michigan and Ohio State. I'm sorry. I misled you. It was not Michigan and Ohio State. It That's was, Sunday. Buddy. It was Michigan and someone else. It was Rutgers, and it didn't Rutgers. start till nine. Yeah, yeah. So Sunday's my day. Sunday is your day for I'm Michigan and Ohio State. That should be a great ball game. Yes. But Michigan wins again last night. They beat Rutgers seventy-one sixty-four. Maybe struggled a little bit more, but remember, it's a team that didn't play for twenty-three days, so they're just kind of getting their sea legs back. But given everything that's happened up there and given what the expectations were for Michigan coming into the season, I don't think there's any doubt that Jawan Howard is the coach of the year in the Big Ten. And I think you can make a case for him being the national coach of the year. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, pump the brakes, Chuck. What about Gonzaga? What about Baylor? Mark Few, Scott Drew, and of course, a lot of fans around here like Scott Drew. And they're both undefeated. How can you give Jawan Howard, a team that's lost a game, uh, Coach of the Year over those two? Because those two were expected to be good. Those, yeah. Those look, two, look where the program was a year ago to, compa- to compare yeah. where it is now. Those two were expected to be good, and they have been. And, and that's not easy. I'm not saying that Mark Few and Scott Drew have not done a good job. But Jawan Howard's team was not expected to win the Big Ten Worse yet, be ranked number three in the country. And if you look at where they were in the preseason polls, they weren't even ranked. So I think you have to give Jawan Howard credit for exceeding expectations, and that's why I think he needs to be considered for National Coach of the Year. I am with you in this wagon. Very good. You've picked a good wagon to be in. Probably a better wagon to be in than any of the ones you could be in tomorrow. Notre Dame men's basketball After a one-week hiatus, thanks to COVID at Clemson, uh, the Irish go on the road and take on Syracuse. The last, I think three of the last four games between these two teams have been settled by two points or less. So look for another good one at the Carrier Dome tomorrow. Mike Bray's teams, here's the thing. They either find a way to win against Jim Beheim's teams or get blown out. So you're probably going to have a pretty good idea in the first half which way it's going. That's the Saturday night special up in Syracuse. IU has a noon date with Michigan State tomorrow. Now, Indiana, I thought their offense looked maybe as good as it has all season on Wednesday night against Minnesota. They beat the Golden Gophers 82-72. Trace Jackson Davis, 20 points, 10 rebounds. And, yeah, that's a pretty easy decision. Get the ball to that guy because he's good. But you know who got the ball to him a lot the other night and who probably played his best game as a Hoosier was Rob Finnessy, their point guard. And if he can get himself on track here and put together back-to-back games, the Hoosiers should be able to pick up a very nice win. Uh, And let's face it, this is a year when everybody seems to be getting their revenge on Sparty the Hoosiers better join that little parade right now, too. Indiana's sitting at 12-9. and nine. How much better does 13-9 and nine sound than 12-10? and 10? I realize it's only one game difference, but really it's two. Because you, you can't give away to teams at the bottom of the Big Ten. And that's where Michigan State is right now. I, I don't think there's any way Tom Izzo's team is going to the NCAA tournament. Indiana could still find its way there if they can put together a solid end of the season, and that would be part of it. 
The 5.30 game on 103.1 tomorrow is Purdue and Nebraska. Nebraska is the cellar dweller in the Big Ten. It's in Lincoln. They do play well in Lincoln. They gave Illinois fits the other night. So Purdue cannot go in there and take this game lightly. But again, I would give Purdue the same message that I'm giving Indiana. You can't give away games like this. You've got to go in and you got to kick dogs while they're down. And let's see if Travion Williams can back up what we talked about him on on the last show. Let's see if Jaden Ivey can find his three-point shot. He's only shooting 19% from beyond the arc. Still think he's playing very well. I, I know the other day I mentioned that he could be freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Then I looked at the numbers and I think, well, Brandon Newman's got a better case than Jaden Ivey. Brandon Newman, a kid from right over here at Valparaiso, quite frankly, has better numbers than Jaden Ivey does. Jaden Ivey is just more explosive and spectacular. Brandon Newman is more consistent. Tennis, anyone? Well, a lot of people say, why are you wasting our time on this? Novak Djokovic reached the Australian Open Finals. Here's what you need to know about Novak Djokovic. He's in the hunt with Federer and Nadal for the most Grand Slam titles ever. Federer and Nadal are tied at 20. And now Nadal will probably win the French Open because that's on a clay court and that's where he's absolutely dominant. Roger Federer has been banged up for the last couple of years, and you have to wonder if Roger Federer is ever going to win another Grand Slam. Novak Djokovic looks like he's still in his prime. He's very healthy. He's blowing people away at this Australian Open tournament, and he has 17 Grand Slam titles. By the way, he has won the Australian Open eight times already in his career. And so when you're talking about the greats of the game, Jokovic trying to get his place past Federer, past Nadal. This is an important match for him on Saturday as he takes on Dmitry Medvedev. This is a silly question, ignorant question. Are they ahead of us or behind us? Well, when they play live, it's at like 3.30 in the morning. Okay. Now, ESPN will more than likely replay it sometime during the morning or the afternoon. Yes. Um. But if you want to watch it live, you got to haul your carcass out of bed and get there at 3.30 in the morning. Technically, they're ahead of us. Okay. Okay. Speaking of being ahead of us, um, my nephew is studying abroad in Amsterdam. Which he, one? Uh, Kyler? No, I mean, which broad? <laughs> That's not funny. And um, he texted me yesterday and he said, Uncle Corey, do you real? This is his voice. Do you realize you've got a YouTube video that's got a million views? I said, yes, I know the story. That's that's amazing. And then I said, what time is it where you're at? Yeah, I should be in bed. I got school <laughs> because they are. I think they're six hours ahead of us. Yes, Amsterdam would be five or six hours ahead yeah, of us. So yes. he was burning the midnight oil watching some YouTube. Yeah, he wouldn't be the first nor the last. <laughs> and yes, Chuck. I've got a video that has over a million views. Can you describe for the Yak listeners what that's all about? There was a time in my student ministry days mm. when we were doing a Wizard of Oz series. Talking about heart, talking about brains, talking about home. Using courage. Using the themes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I purchased a DVD that had like extended dance scenes that were never used in the movie. 
And I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. And so I grabbed House of Pain's Jump Around and the extended dance scenes, put them together in my little video editing, and I called it Wizard of Oz Deleted Scenes. And people thought it was genuine and watched it over a million times. Both of those I stole, basically. So you're not actually in said video? No. No, no it was just some creative editing that people went, I just oh. don't want the kids out there that listen to this to, to be looking for Uncle Corey back in the day. Yeah, back in 1938. Yeah. That's yeah. not me That's in not that him. movie. No. It's now time for the little segment that we like to call Overrated Underrated. It's a great list you've put together here. I don't know that any of these will lead to a brush with greatness, but with you, I never know. Mm-hmm. Let's begin back in time. Let's go with Fleetwood Mac. I said to Chuck off podcast, now I'll bring it on podcast. This feels like somebody we should have done, we haven't done yet. You can't deny great songwriters. You can't deny in their prime great performers. And you can't deny album sales. And I think if we did our homework, you're going to have to put them in the top 10 biggest selling albums of all time. More than likely. Overrated or underrated, I would say for Fleetwood Mac, down the middle. They did it right. Great songwriting, great performing. They were attractive to multiple audiences, your rock and roll crowd, your... Mm -hmm. What kind of would become your soft and easy FM yes. Sunday afternoon crowd. You can't deny the lineup of talent in that uh, group of people when it was all gelling. Your Stevie Nicks, your Lindsey Buckingham, your Christine McVie, your goofy Mick Fleetwood. Now it's just a shell of oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's... It, if you went to a Fleetwood Mac concert now, you're not seeing... It's like a tribute show. It really it's just, is. It's just not whatever. I'm going to go down the middle. I will go underrated, and I apologize for the irreverence on this, but the ability to make music while you're high out of your mind is just amazing <laughs> to me. Well, what song do you think of that comes to mind? I think about almost every Fleetwood Mac song made that way. Rumors comes to mind. Oh. Maybe the entire album. Favorite uh, Fleetwood Mac song? Do you have a favorite? Well, I know Diane Freeby's favorite, and that's Tusk. And that's because it's performed with the Un University of Southern California marching I band. I loved that song. But loved it. It, it, was, it was something radically different for the time. Yes. It had this eerie, creepy beginning that's like, what is this on the radio? Mm-hmm. And then you get at the end there, and there's there's shouting. I, mine's a little obscure. Um, it's a song called Secondhand News. Oh. It's on, uh, it's the first song on Rumors, when you put side one on. Okay. song called Secondhand News. So it's before the stuff is really kicked in. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's when they're lighting it, not necessarily smoking it. All right, up next. Adele. I would say... Another down the middle, I think she could be doing more. I think she, there's a little too much time in between records, mm -hmm. but you can't deny the talent of a vocalist. Does she write any of her own stuff? I actually don't know if she does any of that. There's a lot of help behind the scenes yeah. on crafting those songs, but I would I, I own all of them. I, I could put them on, and I have no problem going front to back on those. Her I voice say down is the tremendous. Tremendous. Her voice is tremendous. Yep. Like you, 
I'd like to see a little bit more productivity, but she's had to overcome a lot. Yes. And she's had to change a lot in her life and and deal with some adversity. I'll go with you down the middle. I was tempted to go overrated a little bit because of the lack of songwriting and, and really kind of the lack of variety. I mean, a lot of her songs in some ways sound the same. Yeah, she figured out her wheelhouse pretty quick, right. didn't she? But you know, you can make a really good career doing that, and she has. Yeah. So I, I shouldn't penalize her for staying in her lane necessarily. I I purchased a live DVD a couple of years ago. I wouldn't pay a ticket to see her live. No, there, because there, there's nothing going on there worth watching. I, I want to see spectacle. Well, see, that's that's what you want to see. Yeah. There are some people... And I imagine they're the same people that bought tickets to see people like Sinatra yes. or somebody like that because that's the kind of singer she is. Mm-hmm. You're going basically to hear her sing. There's no visual no. greatness about it. You're going so that years later you can say, yeah, I was, in, I was at an Adele concert. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. The final one for you today on Overrated, Underrated. Another current artist, because, you know, we're trying to connect with the kids out there. John Legend. Overrated. Couldn't Way agree more. overrated. Could not agree more. That's all we need to say about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, overrated. I've had uh, a few people in my life that have pushed back on my opinion of him, trying to get me to like him or listen to him. You heard one song, and it's just—it's not my cup of tea. Actually, and I got a lot of teas. Well, I drink from a lot of teas. He's just not. So let me ask you this: You said Adele was down the middle, and we we said she kind of sticks to one genre. Yeah, and a lot sounds the same. So what's different about her than John Legend? He leans heavy R and B to me, and that's while I do like some of that stuff. I'm, I don't visit him first. I, I pick many others. Mm-hmm. Like I would go, I'd go classic Smokey Robinson before I'd go John Legend. Well, we can talk about that on the next Overrated Underrated. You know. Because we haven't done Smokey yet. I would go Lionel Richie Commodores before I'd go John Legend. Mm-hmm. He just, it's but just again, not. Those are more group situations too. I mean, Ly- I realize Lionel Richie branched out into a single performer, but he always had like backup singers. Smokey. Had the miracles at the beginning, mm-hmm. branched out later. John Legend has not really tied himself to any one person, right? Other than Chrissy Teigen, I'm just grabbing R and B. Of I, I'd go with anybody other than him. Okay, and I just didn't do it for me. I, I'm not, you know. I've watched him on. Was he on The Voice? Was that him? Yeah, I was kind of like, okay, all right, you're one of those guys. Okay, overrated. I, I will agree with you, but I don't think I feel strongly as overrated as you clearly do. Oh, you're just pushing my buttons. Let's talk about this sweatshirt real quick. Um, the Sopin Medical Foundation giving out sweatshirts here in the month of February to all those who donate blood or platelets. I've been a regular platelet donor at the Medical Foundation for a number of years now. I shouldn't say regular. There are people who are far more religious about it than I am. I go when I can. Yeah. Um. But I would certainly encourage any of the audience out there, uh, especially if you're between the ages of 18 and 65, 
they always have a need for blood down at the Medical Foundation, and the platelets are extremely helpful to those who are battling cancer. And they run, the platelets only last about three days. You know, the blood lasts a while, mm-hmm. but the platelets only last about three days. So it's imperative that there are more people. Now, I will admit to you, the the whole blood donation, once you get done with the paperwork from needle in to out, off the chair and out to the waiting room, 20 minutes. I mean, it's it's relatively quick. You can get done with the whole process on your lunch hour if you want to give blood, although I suggest you always eat before you go there because that's one of the questions they ask. The platelet thing takes some time. You, you need if a single... If you're going to give a single dose of platelets, it's about an hour 15. If you're going to give a double dose, it's a couple of hours. Uh, but the nice thing is you can get a nap in. How do you uh, feel afterwards? Fine. Yeah. I mean, I actually feel better after giving the platelets than I do the blood because what they do for the platelets is they take the blood out of you. They grab the, the machine grabs the platelets and then it puts the blood back in you. Interesting. So you're not really losing any blood like you do with a whole blood donation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you ha- kind of have to watch it for 24 hours and not really do anything all that strenuous. But if you're in decent shape, and I have to think, if you're listening to this program, you're you're probably an elite athlete. Um, Unless you're hosting it, then you're not. Well, okay. As a recipient of someone who's had to have blood many times, thank you. Well, I'm happy to do it, and and I hope others out there will do it as well. Yeah, that's something I don't get to do because of my insides. And I realize that's the case for a number of people yeah. out there. So I appreciate that. In this together, give blood. That's actually a really nice sweatshirt, by the way. And it's comfortable. Your hoodie game is on point today. Uh, well, you've got the Bulls hoodie, so that's never a bad choice. Plus, it looks nice and thick in weather like this. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Uh, Tell your friends. uh, Play it for your kids for a second listen. Do it. By the way, before we go. Yes. Did you watch the Mars rover landing yesterday? I saw highlights. (laughs) And I am thinking about starting a three-piece band called Red Planet Touchdown. Well, the Mars rover had more touchdowns this month than the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) You were impressed by it, weren't you? I love that stuff. When I was a kid, my mom used to, because the moon landings, now Apollo 11, the first one was at like 1050 at night or so. And Mm -hmm. I was only four years old. I really don't remember that one. But the other ones, lots of times they would be in the middle of the night. TV stations, for you youngsters out there who don't understand this, TV stations actually used to sign off. There used to not be any programming between say, 1 in the morning and 6 a.m. But I remember it being a big deal. TV stations came back on after sign-off to show the moon landing for, I think it was Apollo uh, 14, the Alan Shepard one. And I had scrapbooks and everything, cut out the articles and all that stuff. Space travel has always fascinated me. Sure. And so the fact that we could send... Think about this. How far is Mars from Earth? 126 million miles, I think. We we blasted off a craft, and it had the ability to make a pinpoint landing on the spot that it wanted to 
We were able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then this thing has cameras, microphones, so if there's anything to hear up there, we'll be able to hear it. Um, a weather station. It's 137 degrees below zero right now at Mars. So if you think it's bad here, guess again. Um, Which means they've had to test this stuff in those conditions to make sure it works once it gets up there. Well, I don't think you could nest. I I don't know how you would test it in those conditions, but it's working, and they've have pictures. And I just fascinating. Find it, I just find it fascinating. You made me remind me of the days when my mother would take me to her mom's house, my grandmother's house, before she'd work in the summer because they didn't want to hire a babysitter or whatever. And I would see the national anthem play in the morning when they signed back on. Yes. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, what's going on here? Is this is this a thing? <laughs> the flag flowing as oh, the song yeah. plays. All right. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You're on Twitter. At 46 Sports. You'll want that for Sunday Night's Draw because he's going to be a tweeting madman. And you're on Twitter as well. My name is Corey. Thanks for listening. Will you post that YouTube video there? The million hits one? Yeah. Or yeah. do it on the Sports Check. I'll, I'll, I'll push it out there so you can go, wow. And so it can go to 1.1. 1.1 million. <laughs> Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Warren Moon. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we got a Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.